Hello and welcome to Hugenhoff Podcast, episode 45. Uh, before I get started today, I'm going to take a no moment for all my station news stuff. So if you want to check out my website, please feel free to do so, and you can find that at hugenhoff.org. That's H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F.org. And please do send emails. I really like getting emails, and you can send those to huguenotpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find that on the website. Any email on that website is valid. I've got a couple emails. Um, Podcast is one I try to use for the podcast, but really, if it gets to me, then that's good. Um, and I do like to get feedback. So with that said, I also want to take a moment to mention... Um, Northern Runes Radio, if you did not get this through them, I think most people come through this to this podcast through the Northern Runes Radio, but if you came to it another way, please feel free to check them out, and they are at northernrunesradio.com. Uh, that that uh, URL, of course, is in the show notes. And I suggest listening to them. I really like the stuff Dan, st- Dan does. Um, and there's a lot of other podcasts on there, too. He's always putting new ones on, and it's a great place to find uh, more content. Because I know mine's a monthly podcast just because, you know, with two kids and everything else I do, it's hard to find time to do a weekly podcast, but he's got a bunch of people on there, so you're getting two or three podcasts a week if you uh, subscribe to the Northern Runes Radio RSS feed. So, you know, um, good stuff on there, some with different opinions than mine, some with similar opinions, but uh, if, if you're interested in more Austrian stuff, that's a good place to go. So what I'm going to do first actually, is uh, go over an email I got, because it's a pretty good one. Actually, it's a really good one. Um, Last couple emails I've got have been really good. I've been really happy with them. Uh, And then I'm going to go into today's topic, which is kind of going to focus around family and stuff like that. Okay, so last month, you remember that we were talking about um, Frey and Gerd and how they ended up getting married, and I was... um, Asking for opinions on that story and feedback, and uh, especially did Skirner, the journey, the guy who went down there, do the right thing? Because a real quick version, just in case you didn't listen last month and you need refreshed on the story, uh, Frey Frey sees Gerd from Odin's uh, chair, and he wants to marry her, and he's really sad. Then Skirner goes down there and is like, hey, you should marry Frey. And she's like, no. And then he's like, well, you have to. Here, I'll give you this stuff. And she's like, no. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to curse you and kill you if you don't. And she's like, okay, cool. <clears throat> okay, listen to last month's podcast for the whole story if you messed it. But that's the, like, 10-second recap that's mostly wrong. But it gets the point across. Okay, so uh, so I had asked, when Skirner went down there, did he do something wrong by kind of coercing her into... coercing Gerd into marrying Frey? And, and I got some good feedback, which I want to go over. Okay, so sort of the theme of this email I got was that Gerd actually wants to marry Frey. Okay, so on the face, you're like, well, why didn't she just say okay? Good reasoning, actually. Okay, so I'm I'm not going to read all of it because it's kind of long, but I'm going to read some of um I'm going to read some of it. Uh, it, it was worth the read, but I just want to kind of, for brevity's sake, read uh, what I consider the most important stuff. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Gerd, in fact, wishes to marry Fry, and he says, um. 
our ancestors may have seen this more than we see it. And there's a couple reasons. Okay, so from the email. The first is the fact that we are not actually getting the story as it was actually told. Um, because these stories were passed on by oral tradition. They weren't written, so there's a lot of a lot of things that we can miss when we're reading them just because we're reading them instead of hearing them. So back to the email. Um, oops. Difficulty sometimes... Um, just as, it is, just as it is very difficult sometimes to detect the tone of the writer from a forum post or email, we have only the words but none of the tone to guide us in our reading. As any theater goer can tell you, different productions of the same play can completely change the meaning or mood of a scene simply by changing the way the actors read their lines. When Skirner threatens Gerd, is his voice menacing or lighthearted? When Gerd respond, responds, is she frightened or amused? Okay, so this is really good. A lot of plays and stuff. Um, one of my kin's member actually does a bunch of stuff in theater, and he's pretty good at it. So he would definitely understand what this guy is saying, too, which, which makes sense if you say things in a different way if you perform the story in a different way, it can have a completely different meaning. So I think that's very fair. Um, and then it kind of goes into kind of the lack of proper context. Now, one thing I wanted to just correct the record. I may have said Frey is Aesir. I did not mean that Frey is Vonir. So do remember that Frey is a Vonic god. And, and we went through the war and everything way back in episode like sex or something. It was a long time ago. It's on the webpage. You can still download it, but that's kind of all covered in the Veluspa. Um, Frey is Vonner, so that is important. And just also keeping in mind that, you know, Njord marries Scotty, so uh, there's definitely prerequisite for gods marrying giants. And, and I do want to take a note to say that, to reinforce something I've said before, that gods and giants, it's not like angels and demons where the giants are evil. They're just two different races, and generally speaking, the giants do not have the same goals, and generally speaking, I don't agree with the goals of the giants at large. But there are individual giants who are good characters. Um, I think Gert and Scotty both fall into that um, category. And also, you know, we remember Thor, for example. His mother was a giant. So there's a lot of mixing between the gods and the giants. So we do need to take a step back and say, Gerd is not evil because she's a giant. Gerd is just Gerd. And giants aren't evil. It's not that black and white. So I want to get back to... Um, the email, it says, throughout the course of the saga, we learned that her her gird, her father is wealthy, and that her brother has been killed in the feuding between the giants and the gods. In fact, the implication is that Frey himself might have been the killer. So that's important. So our story looks rather like a Norse Romeo and Juliet. Frey is a prince of the Vonir, a noble and respected person. Gerd is the beautiful daughter of the giant chieftain. The match would be ideal, but for the fact that they are on separate sides of a feud, and Frey himself might even have killed Gerd's brother. 
In your podcast, you touched on the fact that family is of central importance and also true, but it's value, but it's value that the giants also share. Witness Scotty's efforts to avenge her father's death, and, and that's very true. Um, so going on, Gert is torn. Prince Charming has asked her to marry him, but saying yes would mean betraying her brother's memory. Skirner must have anticipated this difficulty because he comes bearing gifts. First, he offers Gers the golden apples, presumably some of Idun's golden apples of youth. Gerd refuses, however, and how could she do otherwise? While the apples are undoubtedly valuable, the gods must have a constant supply of them, and such a trivial incentive would similarly trivialize the loss of her brother. In this sense, it is not just Gerd's honor— through her commitment to her family that is at stake, but her family's too, through the value they place on her brother's death. Next, Gurner offers her the golden ring. This is a more worthy gift, but one that is still insufficient. As Gerd points out, her father already has wealth. Effectively trading her brother's memory for yet more gold would do her little credit. We can imagine Gerd sadly refusing, trapped by, the, by her honor and obligations to her family. So Skirner thinks for a bit and then threatens to kill Gerd. It is worth noting that we have no examples in any story of Skirner actually using violence. Given the circumstances, his tone of voice, which we can never verify at this point, could easily have made it understood that he made the threats to satisfy her honor rather than as something that he actually intended to be carried out. Loyal, honorable Gerd must still sadly decline. At this point, Skirner simply goes all out. You can imagine him grinning impishly as he holds up his walking staff and makes the most outlandish, over-the-top threats he can think of, boasting powers that even Odin, Master of Magic and Thrones, has never claimed. Uh, and I'll stop a moment to say, it's actually a good point, uh, could Skirner actually be capable of doing the things he threatened? I mean, the answer is probably no. But let me continue with the email. You can imagine Gerd shaking her head at his antics. And when he is done, Gerd is finally able to agree, honor having been satisfied. Nobody hearing such threats third hand could fault her for choosing to marry Fry, which ironically includes us, which it does. If nothing else, consider what Gerd has to tell her father. <clears throat> and I actually really like what he did here because this kind of brings it to the real world and kind of makes a lot of sense. Right, so continuing, Gerd, daddy, daddy, guess what? I'm going to marry Frey. Uh, Gimnir, your brother's killer? Surely not. How could you do such a thing? What does Gerd say next? A, he gave me a fruit basket. B, he gave me jewelry. C, he threatened to kill me. D, he threatened to curse me with all the magic of the gods so that I would live a long, anguished, and humiliating life, bringing shame to myself and all my family. In my mind, D seems... Uh, D seems like a much easier sell. And yeah, I think that's fair. So continuing again, we also have to consider that while Skirner may not intend to report his threat to Frey, it is very, very likely that at some point Frey will find out. Can you imagine what Frey is likely to do to the person who threatened his beloved in such way? And jumping ahead a bit, if the threat is serious, Skirner is a dead man walking. Um, skipping ahead a bit again, and I, I like this real-world example because, I mean, I use them a lot, and, and I really like their effect. 
So uh, the email says, imagine that you have been robbed in your own home. That the burglar has threatened you with a gun and you have reluctantly handed over your valuables. What do you do next? Ask them to leave and then call the police, perhaps? Hide in the bedroom? Wait until their back is turned and then attack them? Whatever it is that just ran through your mind, it probably wasn't offer them a beverage and arrange your next meetup. And that's exactly what Gerd does. And we will remember in the story that Gerd does set the meetup for nine days, and she does also offer Skirner a cup of meat. So, now back to the email. So not only does the threat make no sense, if taken at face value, Gerd makes no effort of any kind to evade, delay, or prevent the subsequent marriage. The consistent way of interpreting that is if, as I have suggested, or I'm sorry, the only consistent way of interpreting that is if, as I have suggested, Gerd wanted to agree to the marriage from the outset, but required sufficient incentive that her honor and the honor of her family could be fairly said to be satisfied. Um, and, and then actually, before I go in a little more, there's a couple questions that I think are good ones to think about, again, from the email that I'm just going to read out here. Equally, can you imagine any of the Aesir sacrificing themselves to obtain the love of another? Odin sacrificing himself to himself. Tyr sacrificed himself for the world. Frey's sacrifice is far greater, although less immediate, for a far more modest reward. What does that tell us about the values of the Vanir as opposed to the Aesir? And what about Skirner himself? If he is neither... Alf nor God, is he in fact human? If so, what does this relationship with Frey tell us about our relationship with the gods, about our potential, about our place in the universe? So those are great questions. I may actually revisit at later podcasts. Um, So I really like this email because it really brings up a different perspective of of what might be going on. Again, on the surface reading, I was like, well... You can't just go down there and threaten somebody to marry somebody else and have that be okay. Um, But I think that's a a really, a lot of good points were brought up in the email. And and the one I really like is the idea that these were oral traditions and to think of it more as a play. If this was a play, we could have the different inflections in the voice, the different ways of delivering the lines and all of that stuff. And um, and it's true that Frey is no bad catch. I mean, he's a very... Uh, d- there's a lot of places in the lore uh, that say, he, you know, he, he is a very good god and a very beautiful god. So, theoretically, any giant would want to marry him. Uh, so, so, yeah, if what happened in the story was he said this stuff just to satisfy her honor, because... This comes up in the lore, and especially in the saga, that honor is very important. You can't marry your brother's killer. I mean, that's just a thing. The honor of your family will not let you do it, period. I mean, there, there's there's really no exception to that rule. So Gerd can't marry Frey. It's not an option because of the feud between the Aesir and, and the Giants. Um, or really the gods and the giants, and the gods obviously including the Vanir and the few giants that have married in. But there is a war between the gods and the giant, and and especially if Frey was possibly the murderer or, or the killer of her brother, 
marrying him would just simply be out of the question. So it's an interesting take, and, I, and one that I think makes a lot of sense. If Skirner went down there to... If Skirner went down there and he said these threats, not because he was serious, not because he would actually do any of them, but because it was a way to satisfy her honor, then you know that makes the story look a lot better. And it it it, it makes it a, a much happier story, for sure. Now, I mean, there, I guess there is still a moral question about Skirner, come to think of it, because though he was not sincere in any of these threats, and his deed was a boon to both Frey and Gerd, making threats that are not true, it's still on the verge of line. So, I mean, you could argue that Gerd's father was deceived, and deception isn't necessarily a good thing. But, I mean, be that as it may, it's not nearly as bad as just threatening somebody into a marriage that they don't want to be part of, which is a much more obvious, like, well, that's not okay type of thing. But yeah, I just think that's a really interesting way to look at the story and a really good way to look at the story that, I mean, boiled down, I I think what's most important is Gerd cannot marry Frey because of the feud with the family. And what Skirner does is give her the option. He's like, okay, I'm going to make these ridiculous threats, and then your honor will be satisfied, and then you can marry Frey. So, yeah, I, you know, I think it, that's a very reasonable interpretation and quite quite possibly the right one, which which makes it a much better story. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to continue thinking about it and I might change my mind in the future. I change my mind about a lot of stuff. But at the moment, I think that really makes an awful lot of sense, and it makes me feel uh, good about the story. So, so yeah. I mean, what I really need to do is is spend a lot more time working with Frey in particular, and and see what kind of inspiration I get if this is true or not. But really, I think this makes a lot of sense. So I wanted to pass this on because I don't know how many other people are in the same place with this story as I am, but I mean, it really sheds a lot of light on the story and maybe, and I mean, really does give it a very positive uh, spin, which which I think is really good. So uh, I do hope that everybody appreciated that because I thought that was a great email. And I do want to thank the sender. I want, do want to thank the sender very much because that really makes a lot of sense. So there's an interpretation of the Frayne Gerd getting married story. So, oh, um, before I go on to the main topic, send emails at any point in time. Um, I do love getting them. You know, if you've got something to say, something to add, uh, or just in general, you've got ideas for the show or whatever, send emails because I do uh, always read them. Not the day I get them, but, you know, within a couple weeks. Uh, so yeah, please do send emails and you can find that email address at the website or it's just huguenhoffpodcast at gmail.com. So what I want to do now is jump into today's topic. Okay, so I'm going to kind of talk about family. Honestly, as I mentioned last time, we just had another child. So, so we've got two little girls now. And that's just one of those things that always kind of make you think about 
family and and why is family important and and, and is family important spoilers it is um but uh, yeah i kind of want to take a moment to talk about that again i did, probably talked about it before but i think it bears repeating okay family so why is it important uh okay so let's start as i do often with just like the totally practical side as to why family might be important or, or the biological side of why family might be important and i mean the simplest example is if no one cared about their families babies just want to survive i mean there's a natural inborn part of us there's a societal part of us that says babies are important and you need to take care of your baby and if we didn't have that mentality and if we didn't have that um natural instinct our children simply wouldn't survive because you know kids can be hard to take care of sometimes I, I, they're very rewarding too but especially in infancy kids can be hard to get take care of and if you're like whatever it's just it's just a thing that you know it doesn't have any special privileges to me why do i have to take care of this thing why don't i'm just gonna leave it i don't know on the road somewhere someone else can take care of it well if that was the case that would not be good for our survival so you've got the really practical side of family needs to be there to some extent just so we can take care of our kids um the other the other side and when you're going into bigger family like uh maybe not maybe your extended family maybe not quite that far maybe like um cuz your extended family is all your cousins and uncles and everything but whatever the family is called like i've got my mom and dad and brother and sister and that's no, not nuclear it'd be the thing where it's like my direct family is my wife and my two kids my second level of family is my wife my two kids my mom and dad her mom and dad and the brothers and sister and the respective brothers and sisters i wouldn't call it extended because that would be my cousins and grandparents and stuff like that but anyway i don't know why i'm talking about that uh so so that like mid level and even extended level of family that's really important because it does give you a special group that you can belong to you can always turn most people can um always turn to their parents their brothers and their sisters and and stuff like that i mean seriously i don't know how many times and i don't know what we do without lauren's mom in particular cuz she does a lot of babysitting for us and that's a thing that we have we can always turn to her for help and you know if i was ever in a really bad situation i know i could always turn to my brother or my sister actually my house every time it's about to fall fall down i call my sister and you know her husband will come over and fix it and and again it, that's a huge support system that without it would be would make life very difficult as all i mean that's what it is life would be extremely difficult without that support system so again there's a very useful role for that um nuclear and mid-level family and sometimes even the extended family where you need a support system and the family is like a built-in support system 
And it's one that's not going to break, because the thing is, you could say, oh, well, I have all these friends, and they're my support system. And that's true. That's often true. Um, and I don't want to, uh, what's the word? I don't want to trivialize, like, your friends and stuff, because they're they're super important. And, I mean, my friends, super important to me. Um, but family is sort of this weird guaranteed thing more often than not. And of course, there are exceptions to that rule as well. Uh, but your friends come and go, uh, but your family is something that they're just, they kind of have to stay around forever. So uh, there's a really practical side to family being important, I think. Um, okay, so that's one reason that family is really important. Let's see. Uh, now, I think there's a more spiritual slash religious side to it as well. But I mean, that, that one's obviously a little more difficult to explain. I'll try. Uh, we remember back in the Valsapa where, where it talked about Odin, Hoder, and Loder giving us, like, breath and spirit and, and all of that stuff. So I really think that the gods are our ancestors, and the way that they're our ancestors is they're like our spiritual ancestors. They imparted something like divinity to us, a spark of themselves to us. That's sort of what made it possible for us to see outside just the physical world and kind of have this um, grasp on the world of ideas, which is ultimately what made us so successful as as a species. So, and, and I think different people have different sets of gods that carried on, that passed on this divinity to them. Uh, our gods are not unique in the role of passing on divinity to humanity. Uh, but I do think, you know, the gods passed on this, this spark and, and this divinity which led us commune with the spiritual world and the world of ideas and that has been passed on you know throughout the generations all the way to us so your family your this is particularly or specifically biological your biological family has passed that to you and you know like them or not that's in in my opinion obviously not necessarily the right one but in my opinion that is something that you know your mother and your father together gave to you is this connection through the ages um all the way back to the original ancestor who got this spark of divinity from the gods so you you have a line and i do think it's a line that you could follow all the way back um to the gods themselves. So I think for that reason, your family being a link in the chain that connects you to the gods makes your family really important. Now, I I don't think you should go over the top and be like, okay, well, my family is a link to something divine, so they are divine and they can do no wrong and have some divine concept of... Uh, what's the thing? Divine concept of kingship, what's that called? Anyway, anyway, I'm I'm sure people remember. 
sacral kingship. That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. So it's 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 not like sacral kingship. You shouldn't say like, oh, sacral parenthood. My my parents are perfect because they're my link to the gods. Not that far, but still, the idea that your family or your parents are a link back to the gods, I think, is a pretty profound idea. And I think maybe it, it it forces you to give them the benefit of the doubt. Not to say they're right in everything, but at least to give them the benefit of the doubt and sort of a second chance on a lot of things that other people might not have a second chance on. So, I, I just... I think that concept is really important. And I think when you're talking about family, you need to remember that, you know, your parents are a link in the chain all the way back to the gods. And and it works the other way, too. As you become parents, if you choose to become parents, you have to remember that you are now a link in that chain back to the ancestors. And as I said, it's kind of a... Um, it's kind of a profound thing and kind of an important thing you need to live up to that role that you're playing which which honestly every parent in the world plays that role they are a link to their respective they are a link between their respective gods and their children and and that's a big deal and i think you need to take it seriously and i think you need to be a good parent and a good caretaker of of that um, place you have in history. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you're parents, I think there's a lot of obligations you have to your children, and, and you need to, as much as possible, act honorably, because you really are in the position of an ancestor now. And, I mean, you know, in Austria, we're very much about ancestors and honoring the ancestors and all of that. Ancestor is almost a, a sacred term in some ways. So, as somebody who has children, I think, I mean, you're going to fill the ancestor role someday, and that's a big deal, and you need to do it honorably, and you need to be an honorable person, just because you are a, an ancestor, or, or you're in a position where you will necessarily be an ancestor, at the very least. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really important that I just think there's something kind of profound about that idea to think that, you know, there's this chain connecting us to the gods. I mean, chain's the example I use because it's got lots of links which are interconnected. I don't mean to get the connotation of trapped or tied. I don't know if that's coming across, but just to be clear, that's not what I mean. Uh, anyway, the idea that you are a link in a chain all the way back to the ancestors is, I think... Um, I, I, I just think that's a really cool idea. It's a really profound idea to think that we really do connect all the way back thousands and thousands of years to our gods through our families. And we connect who knows how far into the future through our children. So that's kind of a neat idea about family that I just sort of wanted to cover anyway. Uh, let's see... What else do I want to go over? So, yeah, I think family is really important because obviously you've got the support system and everything else, and you do kind of have that connection to divinity, uh, which can be really strong. 
I kind of feel like society today and media today and stuff like that undervalues the importance of society. Now, granted, it could very well be the media that I'm consuming and the people that I'm hanging out with who who don't put the proper value on family. But oftentimes I get this idea that a lot of society around us says, oh, family's not important. I mean, you can have friends, and it's basically the same thing, so why, worried about, why worry about fam- family? And so, oh, I mean, they're nothing special. They just created a child together. It's not a big deal. It's just a biological process we could create in the lab if we so desired. Um, here's something to write in about. Do you, do you get that, too? I'll take a I'll take a poll of everybody who writes in. Just write in and say, I think I think society values family, or I think society does not value family. Anyway, I really get this idea that society sort of like a family is not a big deal. You know, your parents are just doing a thing. It's a biological process that creates you, and your family can totally be replaced with with friends and stuff like that. They're not important. And I do very, I, I do actually very strongly disagree with that sentiment that family isn't important. I think family is such a huge deal. And even if you want to take the religious out of it, obviously I don't because I'm religious. But even if you do, that chain that links us to the gods themselves, that's a big deal for me. But if you weren't a religious person, that chain still links you to your ancestors. To imagine a connection to the past, I mean, that seems really profound to think that part of me, even if it is just your genetic code, just your genetic code, like it's trivial and doesn't matter, even if it is your genetic code, you share something that you share something with an individual that lived 3,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago, on and on and on. I mean, and then, I mean, it depends on how far you want to take that linkage. Um, it'd be weird to take it all the way back to amoebas. But, oh, I shared something in common with something that existed as an amoeba a million years ago. I don't know about all that. But still, humanity has been around for a long time. And just to think that, that we share something in common with them. I don't know. I think that's a big deal. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway. Anyway, I just think that's a big deal to think that, hey, we've got this thing that connects us. That Well, and not connect, connects, yes, but not just connects. We've got this thing that we share with our ancestors. We share blood. I mean, metaphorical blood not literal blood but we sh- we share metaphorical blood we and we do literally share the same or as v- extremely similar genetic code and actually if you look at mitochondria we share the same genetic code as our ancestors going back you know like a million years that's a big deal i don't know i think that's a big deal so i i don't know what the push is that we family is not important, but it's really one I don't like. I guess that's what I'm getting at. I really don't like it. It's it's just nice to have this thing that you connect to, or or to have this thing that you can um, be part of. You know, it it's it's all about the idea, I guess, of being 
part of something greater or being part of something timeless. You know, your ancestors are dead now, but they are still a part of you. So in a way, they live on. And, and, and I mean, you've got the spiritual way of they, and I believe personally that they go to an, that most of them go to an afterlife of some sort. But even if you don't believe that, it, it's not like it's required. Um, they do, in a way, live on through you. Ancestors do live on through their descendants. So I, I think that's a really good thing to embrace and admit that you're a part of. And, you know, I think there's a lot of dangers in getting rid of the importance of family and saying, oh, family's stupid, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you You kind of think of a lot of those like... 1984 type dystopian future books 1984 actually being a good example because in that one uh, children and parents were encouraged to turn in which other parents turn in children children turn in parents if if they um, acted against the way they were supposed to act and uh, A Brave New World is actually another really good one because uh, family was basically completely disintegrated there. Everyone was just like made in their clone batches or whatever. I don't think that's a spoiler. That book's really old, so hopefully I didn't upset anybody there. Um, but then as soon as they're raised, they're raised in this group and they go through all this conditioning and stuff so they never have a true childhood and they never truly understand family in any significant way. And in both those cases, I think the goal was, you know, the oppressive government of those fictional universes didn't want them to have family because family is a connection and you are loyal to your family and those governments wanted their people to be loyal to them. So that's something to think about, like, as, I should say if, if it really is being encouraged that that family is less important and family doesn't have the um, importance that it used to have. One of the possible future consequences would would be to um, to kind of lose that connection and thereby create a vacuum that somebody something else could fill. So you know, well, you know, you always hear stories about cult people, and oftentimes their family lives weren't that great, or or gangs or whatever else. It's like. We just need to have that like strong uh, group to fit into, and if the if the actual family isn't there, the biological family, people are going to go somewhere else to to have those needs met. So, and I think family is generally speaking the most healthy way to do it. In my own personal opinion, I'm not saying I'm necessarily right, but. I think family works really well to do that. And I think it's nice because as you grow up and you move out into the world and everything else, you're going to find other connections. You're not going to spend 90% of your time with your family. You're probably not going to spend 50% of time with your family. Most of your time is going to be spent with your friends and the other relationships that are very powerful that you make with other people throughout your life. But it's nice to always have this thing that says, and here's this thing I can count on. Here's this thing that I will always belong to regardless of what I do. Here's this thing that just will always be there for me to go back to. And and that is obviously your family. And here's this thing that necessarily, you cannot argue, connects me 
back to those who came before me. I am not an island, and I cannot be an island. I cannot be a hermit that, I mean, I can be a hermit that lives in the middle of the wood and no, never talks to anybody, but I'm still not alone, truly. I'm not, still not truly solitary because I have a family out there, and even if I killed them all because I'm a really crazy hermit, I'm still connected to them. I still share genes with them, and I still share something with my ancestors, and that ultimately connects me all the way back to the gods, and I share something with that. So I just think the whole idea of family is really important, and um, I feel like it gets undervalued a little bit. Maybe that's just me being sensitive. I don't know, but I, I do think the whole idea of family is uh, really important. And uh, with all those things said about it being so important and the kind of really powerful things that it does, I'm going to kind of move into parenthood because that's what I am. I guess, yeah, I'm parent. Oh, still, still hard to wrap my mind around that sometimes. Um, with parenthood, I think as a parent, you really have to... Uh, those things are there, regardless of what kind of a parent you are. But as a parent, I think you really need to... Um, what would you say? As a parent, you really need to make those things accessible to your children. You know, you really need to make it possible for your children to come back to you regardless of what age they are and uh, you, you have to offer that safe place obviously as young kids you have to offer that safe place or you'll go to jail <laughs> but you know when they get older like 18 I think you still have to offer that safe place and say like hey look this family is something you're a part of, and you will always be a part of this family. You know, I don't really agree with the idea of disowning your children. I, I don't know. It, it would have to be something pretty severe if your kid was like, I don't know, they turned into like somebody who, a mass murderer who tortured people before they killed them. That would be an appropriate reason to disown a child. But most other things, you know, other than things that are just absolutely over the top like that, I, I don't think you should disown your child because their family is the only thing that they have as a constant. Their family is the only, like, forever thing that they have. So I think there's a lot of responsibility you have as a parent to um, give them that option to always come back. And I'm not saying... If your kid's having a hard time, you necessarily have to let them live with you. You know, maybe your parenting style is uh, they need to figure it out for their own type of thing. That's, what, that's, that's not what I'm saying. But, but what I'm saying is you always have to be a supportive place that they can come to for, like, emotional support and stuff like that. And honestly, if your kid is homeless and hungry, you should let them come back with come back and live with you. I mean... I get that some parenting styles, and it's fine, I'm not saying they're wrong, some parenting styles will be like, oh, well, you've got to sink or swim. But once they've actually sunk and they're starting to drown, then you need to pull them back in. Anyway, just my opinion. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, as a parent, I think another thing that we really need to do is give them a connection to their ancestors as well, you know, like 
with me, I'm not going to say, well, you're never allowed to see your grandma and grandpa because, you know, I, I don't like driving, you know, two kids, the car seats, uh, it's a pain. So I'm just going to pretend you don't have grandparents. I'll tell you they died or something. I, well, obviously, that'd be wrong because lying is wrong. But I can't just completely pull them out of, or I can't completely pull them away from their ancestors either because, again, you're... Your parents are your connection to your ancestors. They are that link in the chain to their ancestors. So, you know, as my kids get older, I think one of the things I need to do is be like, hey, this is my mom, just like I'm, and this is my dad, just like I'm your dad, and this is your grandma and grandpa. Unfortunately, grandma, my grandma and grandpa, both sets have have already passed away so my children won't be able to see them which is a bummer but you know it's part of life uh but but to to show them my mom and dad and say hey look these people represent a link in the chain that connects you all the way back to the gods is something that i think i should do something that i think i'm obligated to do as a parent to give them some sort of relationship uh, with their grandparents, you know, and and I think that's something. Obviously, there are always exceptions to this rule. I mean, if you're in a situation where your parents are actually dangerous, like they might, you know, harm your children, I I don't think that you should do that because your first priority is to keep your child safe. Um, but this is a is a really important second priority. You know, if there's any way at all you can you can figure something out, even if it's, you know, once a year. Hey, look, this is the person that represents the link to the rest to to the gods themselves is an important thing I think you should show your kids. So that's one thing, you know, that I um I like to do and and as my kids get older, I think I'm gonna try to kind of teach them about that and be like hey, I'm your dad, and here's my dad, and you know his dad was whatever, and his dad was whatever, and if you follow this chain back far enough, you know, it'll go all the way to the people who who began our folk and were inspired by the gods to do so. I, I just think that's a cool lesson to teach your kids, and that's one of the lessons that I am going to uh, try to try to teach my kids it's just it's such a big thing it's kind of hard to it's hard to think about like it's easy to think like okay i know my dad and i know my grandpa and i'm a, and i know my great grandpa which i didn't he was dead before i was born but then to think and then my great great and then my great 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 and then all the way back through like all those years to the first human it's it's sort of a humbling experience in some ways but an empowering experience in other ways because on one hand you're like it's humbling because it's like you know there's been there's been all these ancestors before me there's been all these hundreds of people before me so am i significant and you know stuff like that i'm just one of so many but then on the other hand you're kind of like there's been so many people before me and i share so much with them i share um certain moralities often because those are often passed through the family um and and also you know i share uh genetic code with these people these these hundreds and hundreds of people that came before me and it's just kind of like you've got all those people at your on 
on your, you've got all those people behind you that have sort of made you possible, and that's sort of like a empowering feeling. I think. I I, I don't know. Um, I know that those people weren't consciously like, "Fool, I can't." Okay. In 2,000 years, Byron's going to be born, so I need to marry this person, make sure that's possible. I know they weren't, like, consciously doing it, but, but the fact remains that because of every one of them, I'm here today. And that's kind of an empowering feeling. There's a certain connection to so many people, and, um, and that goes so far back. I just think that's, that's kind of a profound thing to think about. So uh, I guess I'll go ahead and wrap up because I think I've said everything I want to say. Uh, just sort of my closing thoughts is I really think family is important. I really think that, you know, if, there, if there's people out there thinking about having kids, I will be the first to tell you that having kids is difficult and it's a lot of work. And, you know, you should probably make sure that you've got a solid two people because uh, you need them. Uh, there's actually plenty of successful single parents out there that do a great job, but two people certainly does make it easy, and I'm I'm very lucky to be in that situation. Um, but you know that said, with all the work, it's just totally worth it. You know when. And, you know, sometimes it's when they're taking a nap, you're just like, oh, I can't believe that me and this other person that I love so much came together and made this child, and this child's going to grow up, and this child's going to outlive both of us, and this child is going to have her own family in the future. And, you know, it, it just it just closes that link, you know, in the chain analogy again. It closes that link in the chain, and, you know, you you've passed on something to the future. You passed on this child to the future. And, you know, then you, you look at them, and obviously the, the millions of cute things they do is totally encouraging and worthwhile, but then a lot of times you get that thing, you're looking at them, and you're, you're just like, ah, this one's really got my eyes, or or like I can just totally see Lauren's nose or or her fingers like look at look at her hands she's she's got fingers just like my wife and and I don't know why that's cute but it is it's just something profound like man this this kid's really ours and we've really passed on something and uh it's usually the physical things that you notice like this body feature that I have they all which is unique semi unique to me they also have or whatever um but but I think the physical features are what we notice, but the importance of them is, you know, this more spiritual thing and this idea that they are, you've passed on that, that genetic code to them, I guess, or you've, really, you've passed on to them what your ancestors passed on to you, so you're kind of like completing that circle. It's just It's just a really rewarding thing. It's hard for me to put it into words, but... Man, if anybody's out there and, and and you've got a partner who is like-minded and you want to have children, I totally, totally encourage it because it's, it's actually really rewarding. So anyway, I guess that's my, my final thought is just that family is really important. And I, I think it's really useful, especially if you get frustrated with your family, um, your kids or your parents. It's It's really useful to think that, you know, they are 
the next link in this chain that goes all the way back to your ancestors. That's just, it's just a really cool thing for me to think about. Anyway, I guess I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. Uh, hopefully I didn't get rambling boring there, but eh, if I did, sorry. Uh, I do thank everybody for listening, and I do want to remind you if you had any email, uh, you know, that can be thoughts on this. Oh, and seriously, if there's if there's people listening, I'm just curious, because, you know, I live in a funny... I, I have a unique set of friends, so I, I might not be getting the full picture. But I, I would like to know from people out there, do you feel like in today's society, family is encouraged or discouraged? Do you feel like the importance of family is encouraged or discouraged? Just, you know, write in. Let me know what you think. I was curious. Uh, if you had any other email, though, also, please write in. You know, is there a topic? And, you know, it can be a... A, a topical thing, you know, some current event or whatever. Is there a topic you want me to discuss? Send it in and I will uh, probably cover it. Obviously, I won't cover everything, but um, yeah, I'll probably cover it. Always looking for new show ideas. Uh, but also, I'm always looking for your uh, thoughts on the podcast, your ideas about the topics that I'm discover- discussing here and stuff like that. So please feel free to email me and that is at hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please feel free to check out my site at hugenhoff.org. And if you are not subscribed for the RSS, I would strongly suggest you do subscribe. Just because with a monthly podcast, it's kind of hard to remember to go out there and download that. So what I do is just get a podcatcher of some form or the other. There's a million out there for Android or iPhone, whichever device you use. Um and, and, and just put all your podcasts there. But my RSS that gives you just my podcast is available on the website, hugenhoff.org, and it's under the podcast tab. If you want the RSS that's got my shows as well as Dan's and a bunch of others so you can get more content, you know, you'll be getting things uh, probably two, two, two or three podcasts a week, maybe just two podcasts a week right now, you can subscribe to his RSS and you can find that at northernrunesradio.com. So, you know, either one, you'll get mine through either service. You'll just get some others through the uh, Northern Runes Radio's service. I do suggest subscribing by the RSS. Oh, and Dan's got a new store. So if you're a big NRR fan, check that out. Again, that's on his website. Anyway, I think I've rambled enough for today. So everyone, thank you very much for listening. And everyone, have a good rest of your month. For hell.